and welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I am Colin Parker. Wait, what show is this? This is Journey Under 30. Oh, Journey Under 30, that's right. And and wait, who am I again? Oh, Alex Taylor, yeah. Welcome to Journey Under 30, the roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. (laughs) And this is the show about... All about us... Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) Oops. Oops. Well, hey. Uh, So, uh, bad news. Um, December 3rd has... uh, coming past and uh i did not make it onto the forbes 30 under 30 alex did you did you how how did you fare um i didn't oh well i guess Hmm. you know when we first started this podcast i remember it very very clearly i got a text from you saying hey i had this great podcast idea and i had to step out of, of the office i was working in for it for a second anyway. And I said, Hey, what is it? And you were like, Hey, so you know how like the McElroy's had this retrospective podcast about how they got into the trolls too. Yeah. What if we did something like that about the 30 under 30? Okay. Yeah. My long con did not work. (laughs) Um, but you know, that's actually okay. Cause like basically the, the big thing, and I think we've said this probably on multiple episodes, but like the big Mm -hmm. thing for me was like the chances of actually making onto that list, uh, are, very slim yeah Uh, it's very difficult to make it onto that list um and the idea was that even if i don't make it the steps that i would need to take to get myself onto that list are steps that i would need to take to move all of my projects to the next level anyway Mm -hmm. so you know that meant that what we could just do is is just you know start working towards getting onto that list and at the end of the day even if we don't get there, we still will have made some some major ground and made some big moves in our you know personal and or career lives. Yeah. And I do think that we did nail that one on the head. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that we we've done that. And, you know, before we really get into what this episode is about, uh, I'm not even I don't want to I don't want us to mince words and I don't want us to. uh you know, I don't know what the word for it is, but I don't want to give any sort of sense of like false hope or whatever. I, that's probably not even the right term for it. But uh, this well, is I was going to say, if you didn't want people to mince words, why'd you bring me here? Ha ha ha. <laughs> no, I, I brought you here because you're my dear friend, Alex, and you Aww. are my birthday brother and my co-founder and uh, partner in crime. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that this is the penultimate episode of the show. Now. Why are we doing that? Well, here's the thing. Alex and I have talked about this many times before about like, what is the logical ending of this show? Is it at my 30th birthday? Is it at Alex's 30th birthday? Is it past that? You know, because like maybe we can still talk about these things even if we are both then 30. Um, But basically, and we're going to talk about a part of it in this, in this episode. And also I think probably at the, uh, in the last one as well, but Uh, there were just so many weird things that like, we just could not have expected that like hit us at times that we just kind of constantly got off the trajectory of the podcast. Now our lives, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, continued to be like, for the most part, like, okay, like, you know, like we didn't, there were obviously some moments that were like struggles or hardships and stuff like that. But I mean, like, I think sometimes we both understood that like, instead of sacrificing our personal life, 
we would have to sacrifice the show, you know, yeah. for, for like a week or two or, or however long. I think that we're both comfortable with saying, let's just end it. And like, you know, we can, we have like new projects and new ideas and things that we can work on. And I think it's better to put our energy into that uh, than into this show that we, without meaning to have abandoned a couple of different times anyway. Yeah. So like, let's give it an actual proper burial. Well, if anything, it now gives us time to start our follow-up podcast of Journey Under 40. Yeah, uh, a journey all about how my back hurts so much now. Um, how I'm noticing all the gray hairs that I have. Oh, dude, I don't even get me started. So basically, now that we've gotten through the sort of, here's what happened, right? I want to do sorry. a different sort of, here's what happened. Um, I was thinking, and by, by saying I was thinking, I mean... We talked about what we wanted to do in the last two episodes, and so uh, this is what the plan is. So it's not even that, like I'm going to pitch it now, but I'm going to pretend I'm pitching it now. So I was thinking okay. we talk about the roadmap so far, as in like what our mm -hmm. personal lives have been like. You know, like like what our defining moments have been from like probably not necessarily birth, but like maybe like the first time we started to understand. So about twenty eight. 29 yeah. years ago. No, but like to say like, you know, okay, I remember at age 12, I first decided blank. Then by age 17, I was at this point in my life. So by the time I hit 22, and then, you know, from 22, maybe you can kind of get more into detail. There we go. Okay. So Alex. Yes. Let's talk about where, okay. Your performance here. Yeah. Let's talk about your performance here. You're <laughs> fired. Uh, no, you're right, definitely not fired. Uh, so. Cue the music. So as of right now, right, where, where are you like, at, like as a professional? So like, obviously, you know, we've, we talked before about, you know, you're a musician, you're a teacher, you know, and stuff like that, but you've also done some stuff between the last time we've recorded and now. So you have like some new field training, uh, new training and stuff like that. So like, where are you now? Well, right now I'm trying to transition away from music. I realized that I just didn't want to do it as a job anymore and that by making it be the thing that I need to do to make a living, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to make anything. Mm. So I had the thought of, well, let me, what if I go into something else? Oh, well, there's a coding boot camp. Let me do that. So I did that. Um, and since then, so I, I got out of that around like, I don't know, June, July-ish. So since then I've been looking for work, building dumb programming things, and also just exploring more things musically that if I was working, traveling more, I probably wouldn't really have the time to do. So, right. Yeah. So, okay. So then that was something that's been new, right? So like mm -hmm. when you were, I don't know what, so when you first decided I want to be a musician, right? Do you remember like where you were in life at that point? Um, honestly, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in high school and I took, um, I really just kind of fell into music cause it was the only thing that I felt like I was like, okay at. And I, when I went into uh, community college, I then went into music cause I figured, well, I've got some credits in it and I'm already taking lessons from the guy who teaches it. So I might as well keep going with that. And then I got to Towson for, with a degree in music and I graduated to, with a degree in music. So it's just been kind of like a stream of like, oh, well, I guess I could do that. Let me just do that. And this has been the first time where it's been like, oh, well, you know, I feel like I could actually be successful at this particular thing. So let me, let me see if I could transition or if I could, what's, what's the word that we use to pivot over into that. Yeah. So, 
Nice. Yeah. Hey, good, good usage. Callbacks, of, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Good callback. Good uh, vocab check. Um, the ring of McAllister, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Ele- 11th grade English. Anyone out there? I don't know. There might be some, Anyone? you know, of, if you were in the Oakland Mills area, you know, shout Did out. Did you read that at uh, your school? What's that? Did you ring re- read The Ring of McAllister? I did not, actually. Did I? So it was, this is a, a hard digression, but it was basically this book that, to help teach vocab. And it was this really contrived story about this, like, conveniently, conveniently high school aged kid who gets kind of stuck in this weird kind of situation with a haunted house and stuff. And like okay. the, the vocab words would be highlighted in bold. It's like, Hey, here's a vocab word. You know, we're just going to use like it. We've talked about this, not on this podcast, <laughs> but now that I'm thinking about it, like now, as you specifically, once you started talking about, like they use the terms and they're like bold and stuff like that. I don't remember what podcast we were in, but we've definitely talked about that on some mm-hmm. show at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I th- it was, I, you know, what? it was also the haunted house comment that was like, oh, I do remember yeah. this. Anyway, we're really off topic. So let's get back on track. Back I'll probably cut a, some, a bunch of that. Was that? <laughs> no, I was just reiterating. But you, were, oh. you, you just got that part out or just don't because you're just listening back to this and editing and you're thinking, you know, what? I'm going to leave that in because he, so he can sound foolish. Well, now I feel like I have to leave that in. <laughs> so, you know, so you were doing the music stuff. You mm-hmm. did music in, uh, in the two different college courses and stuff like that. But, like, whether it was starting during college or maybe after college, where was your sort of musical journey, like, you know, like outside of the classroom? Yeah. What kind of stuff, you know, were you doing? Where did you go? What did you do? Um, you know, I really feel like I didn't do a whole lot in college apart from like my, the classes that I had to do because it was, I was a very, I got pretty burnt out going into it. And in the middle of it, I was, I I was at the point where it's like, well, I don't really want to do this for fun. I guess going back to the whole like reading books thing. So leave that in. And I don't know, like it, it wasn't until like my second to last year where I started to get into like sound art and acoustic ecology where I realized like, Oh wait, no, there's a way that I could have fun and make all these weird noises, but I don't have to go through the guitar, through the guitar to do it. So then at that point, it kind of pushed me towards like exploring more like the music tech things that I could do, like with Max MSP and things like that. And then it just kind of went from there. I don't know. Then you, at one point though, uh, you know, you started doing streams and stuff like that with creating music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, especially as you learned more programs and kind of got better at like linking different devices and or uh, like systems to each other and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You started creating things that were like, you know, kind of ever evolving. Um, so it, do you think that that is part of what led into your, you know, desire to then code? Right. Or was that like, do you think that that was like somehow connected or is, is that kind of a happenstance? I think they, that does lead into that. It's a good question because going into all this music tech stuff, like a lot of it is geared towards people who aren't like low level code. Like, I don't want to say low level because that, but like who aren't programmers So say with like Maximus P the idea is like, you are literally connecting boxes. And if you know what the different boxes do, then you can create more of a combined effect of those boxes being together. But you're not actually like typing anything out. You don't have to worry about syntax or anything. You're just connecting Uh boxes together. 
But then there were a lot of things that I just didn't feel comfortable messing with just because I didn't know what they were. So something like an API, well, I don't know what it means. I don't want to fuck with it. So I'm just going <laughs> to, or I, I don't want to yeah. mess with it. So I'm just not going to touch it. But then, yeah. So I guess to kind of actually answer your question. Yeah, I do feel like the coding bootcamp did kind of stem from that initial in, initial music tech stuff because I saw all the things that I could do, but I didn't have the knowledge to do it. Uh-huh. And so you started that, I want to say, I'm trying to remember directly, but I believe it was also pretty close to being after the pandemic started, correct? Uh, well, maybe so it was right was, before, right? Because you were physically at the place for a little bit, weren't you? Yeah. So we had, so classes started like around January-ish and then like right around March, everything went remote. Looking at that life journey, right? Like, let's just say, let's just start from the moment where you're like, you know, well, I might as well just kind of stick with the music thing and go into music, right? Like at the end of high school, yeah, all the way up until this point now. So that's about 11 years, right? In those 11 years, but, what yeah, that's about 11 years. Wow. What have, what's been like kind of like some of the greatest triumphs of, of that trek uh, yeah. or, or highlights perhaps. Um, probably one was the, uh, that noise EP that I put out like probably midway through that. Cause that was the first thing I had really done on my own. And in that medium where it's like, I'm not trying to stick to any kind of musical structure. I'm not like, I'm not writing lyrics. I'm not writing progressions. I'm not writing melodies. I'm just trying to sculpt something out of this improvisation that I'm doing. I think that's kind of led into my current process with like composing and like making music right now, where it's like, I'm Mm -hmm. less trying to impose a structure and more, I'm just letting it. So I think I've used I think I've told you about this analogy, like the Rube, like a Rube Goldberg machine kind of approach. It's like, I kick it and let it do its thing and then just kind of steer it as it goes. So kind of like that. So yeah, so that, that'd be one thing. Um, another thing actually was a little more recent. So a few Octobers ago, I did live sound for a, uh, silent horror film. Right. That was really fun. And if anything, that just gave me a a sense of like, okay, so there is the the audience for this is kind of niche, but there is still a place for this. Not necessarily always going to be a horror film, although that might be a really good spot for it, but I don't know. So, so, so there was that, there was the EP and Yeah. Yeah. There have been some other stuff too, like um, recently I've been getting into DIY, like audio stuff. I think mm-hmm. I showed you a couple of things that I made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of yeah. really cool, like electronic, uh, like sort of bits and bobbles coming, kind of coming together to make new, newer pieces, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and that's been really nice because like growing up, I I didn't really get the chance to like tinker with things or like really learn how to do things on my own, but just the whole feeling of like, oh, I can take these independent parts and put them together to make something. And I didn't need, like, I, I could just explore with it. I could just make something really dumb, but then I can use this thing. Like it was just really kind of like empowering, mm. I guess. Yeah. So apart from like burning myself with a soldering iron, like that wasn't super empowering, <laughs> but right. I don't know, it, it, it's just been a mix of like, making cool things, doing cool things. And yeah. You know, true G I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that being said, Alex, before we head into you talking to me about me, why don't we do uh, a really quick cheeky check-in at the marketing department? I was trying to think of something clever to say because this, this is the second to last episode, but I can't think of anything. So just roll, just roll music.
So earlier we talked about some of the projects and things that we were working on in the meantime uh, and things that we were going to be you know, bringing forward to the people. And I'm so excited that we can finally talk about this on this show because we just announced it on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Uh, and that is the Scavengers Network Indie Podcast Showcase. Yes. Yeah, so this is going to be a, sh- a showcase of the best in indie podcasting brought to you by the Scavengers Network. It's going to be from Friday, May 21st to Sunday, May 23rd, and it's going to be virtual. It's going to be free, and it's all going to be a live stream right on Twitch. It's a weekend full of virtual podcast live shows, you know, all about pop culture and tabletop role-playing games. There'll be music performances, comedy, and more. It's really a celebration of the indie podcast community. It's designed by fans for fans. And the whole goal is to really just celebrate indie podcasts and bring together fans to celebrate the shows that they love. So once again, that is Friday, May 21st through Sunday, May 23rd. Head over to www.snipshowcase.com for more info or follow us on Twitter at ScavengersNet because we'll be posting a bunch of updates there as well. Heck yeah. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear and tell you about the comedy podcast Unnatural 20s. Do we really want to limit ourselves to just saying we're only a comedy podcast? You're right. We have a lot to offer, like intellectual conversations. Well, did you guys know Australia once lost a war entirely to emus? Do you think emus frown upside down because they're in Australia? Like they're below the equator? Yeah, duh. Health and fitness. Pasta is great, but you usually have a lot of extras, but have no fear. Thigh warm pasta is here. Plop the bag of leftover pasta on your thighs and eat those puppies like popcorn. We have microwaves. I have thighs. You know what? Actually, we can never decide what we're going to talk about. And that's why we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So download Unnatural 20s on your favorite podcast app and roll with us every Monday. So not to make it about me. But Alex, did you want to talk to me about anything? <laughs> Sorry. I was first waiting for like a the kind of a transition back from, now welcome back to the episode or something. But then there wasn't that transition. So then I realized, oh wait, no, that's all me. So Colin, my co-host. So this first part of the episode was more about me. And now you're laughing and it's making me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> about... <laughs> I mean, you would, so when you were interviewing me, you would start out with my kind of path in music starting from coming from high school, going into college to where I am now. And I know with you, you started with a mix of theater and like more music stuff. So what brought you towards initially towards both of those and how did you, I guess we'll just start with what brought you to do to both of those things. Sure. So, uh, the big thing for me was that like, you know, I, did things like choir and stuff like that in elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my parents are both musicians. And uh, the, the big thing for me, though, was just like I at one point was like, I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be a musician. I don't want to be in like nerdy choir stuff. Right. But my cousin Jeb at the time was doing theater. And so I got really interested in theater and I started doing theater summer camps and the theater shows at my school. Um And then I went to high school and someone that I knew through CCTA and Toby's was actually the choir teacher at my high school, uh, Reservoir High School. And that's uh, DK. Mm. Um, I walked in day one and I was like, 
Greg, what are you doing here? And he was like, I work here and you can't call me Greg. And now it's weird to me anytime someone else calls him Greg, because I'm like, that's not his name. Yeah. And he's always like, well, I mean, technically it is. I was like, no, your name is DK. We we gave you that name. That is your name, Dr. Knopf. Um, so uh, I bought him a DK tie actually for Father's Day, like <laughs> 10 years ago at this point. And it's in his room. And it's like tied up, you know, like, like tied around mm-hmm. like a neck and then taken off and like hung up so you can see it. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. But anyway, so yeah, so I, I got into music, even though I said I wasn't going to. And so I did music and theater for a very, very long time. Uh, and I actually kind of like you, I started getting into music tech. Um, while I was at that high school, I mm-hmm. took music technology from DK, actually. Mm. Uh, and I really got into composition uh, and into sort of like recording stuff. Uh, I was like very big on staying after school when I didn't have to be in, in some sort of rehearsal to check out uh, the garage band and like the interfaces. And I would sometimes bring in instruments. I started picking up instruments specifically so I could record and write actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I ended up becoming uh, someone who could play nine instruments by the time I graduated high school. Not very well for most of them. Let's be clear. But well, like I could at least facility. get around them. Yeah. Yeah, I could still at least get to, around. You know enough. You knew enough to be dangerous. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I could be a threat of some sort. Not really, but I don't think anyone's ever looked at me in my entire life and said that I register above a one on the threat <laughs> scale. But you know, um, yeah. So like that was sort of my my whole thing. And I I went to to college um, initially for music. Mm-hmm. I went in to be a composition major. And I went to Towson where you ended up getting your degree from. Mm -hmm. And uh, it became very apparent that Towson was not for me. Um, I had got into a couple other schools, but like I just didn't get enough scholarship money that it felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, But uh, the funny thing is that I ended up having to take out a very small loan during my time at Towson anyway, uh, which I'm technically still paying off. But I was like, you know, I should have just gone for one of the other schools and taken the loan or whatever. But I actually think it worked out for the best because I left Towson saying, I, I can't do this. This is not for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the way the collegiate society does composition actually. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily in like how they teach it, but like it is specifically how they grade it and how they judge it. And it's mm. a thing of like, to me, it's like, it should be more on the merit of the work rather than how much they like the piece that you have written. Yeah. You know, and that was a big issue for me was that like I had a whole sort of like situation with a um, interim teacher and it was a whole bunch of weird stuff. But the point is that I left and I went to HCC. I was also music there, but I didn't really want to be there. So I didn't really try very hard. Yeah. Uh, But I did meet you there. Yeah. And that was sort of the beginning of our, you know, uh, illustrious friendship. Um, and I, at the time was like, I'm going to be big. I'm going to make it in a band. I'm going to make it in a ska band, which of course, like, why did I ever think I would make it big in a band like that? Um, Dude, but that's ska kind of, of all things. Yeah. That's really what brought you and I together though. So like at the very least, like there's that. Yeah. Um, and so to finally answer your question though, like the, it's kind of a long answer I know, but it's because I've had such a winding path in life of like, Kind of saying this is close to what I want, but it's it's just not giving me exactly what I need. Yeah. So I need to pivot, right? So I pivoted from 
uh, from like music performance and like theater performance to composition to like writing the stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I tr- pivoted from that to kind of backwards a little bit just because I had to for, you know, HCC. Then I was working for a while at a music retailer kind of biding time yeah. before Colin O'Brien was like, you need to get your ass back to college and just finally finish this damn thing. Um, and so I went back for music technology and that's sort of what got us here. Like I started getting more involved in filming. I started getting more involved in like behind the scenes sort of materials. And like, I fell in love with that form of content creation. And that's sort of how I got from point a to B back to a to C to D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so you started out like doing more music and then doing things because you were inspired by others and then along the way, you kind of realized maybe this isn't necessarily for me. And then you finished, you got to the point with your bachelor's where you realized, well, this is like close to what I want. But then you kind of found the part that you really wanted to do, which was a more technical side. Right. Right now you are, well, what is your uh, current degree in? So, okay. So I have my bachelor's degree in music industry studies, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of halfway between music business and recording arts kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually less recording arts stuff than I actually anticipated um, because, you know, I started again, like I was saying, I got into the film stuff. So I used a lot of my electives to do a film minor, digital filmmaking minor. Mm. Um, And I think that's really sort of what helped with a lot of the stuff that we've worked on, though, because I started taking basically different elements of like the three or four things that were around me in my college and surrounded myself in them, and I, uh, in, including my business classes. And I was like, you know, this idea of like a fun little side project, I think could be so much more, especially as we got into more things yeah. and met more people. I was like, this could be something bigger. Um, so that's sort of how I did that. And so like, that was my first degree and I'm currently in school for my MBA, mm-hmm. um, in hopes of, in the meantime of like getting this to you know be our full-time job, uh, I would like to have better opportunities for jobs. Um, and uh, that's sort of my goal yeah. uh, until I can get to a point where I can use these skills from the MBA program to make this job, sorry, to make this work that we do now our full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense, especially, especially because like, I mean, we're like in building this from the ground up, it's not like we're necessarily selling like a service or something. And at least I, I right. feel like a, a big part of the catch has been like, how can we actually like make a living? How do you monetize? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, that's, exactly. It's a really big issue, especially for um, content that is free. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, YouTube, Twitch podcasts, um, at the very least YouTube and Twitch give you some sort of form of, monetization past certain points and mm-hmm. past certain milestones. Um, but just like with podcasts, the ability to be found and discovered is very difficult. Yeah. And it's like, um, you, you need to be like success, successful before you can start making any like money or be being yes. discovered. Like with Brian David Gilbert, like he was making all these crazy, amazing things. And then he got picked at least my understanding is that then he got picked up and then that's put him out to a wider audience correct yeah because the thing is like you know, he clearly had 
an audience before, yeah. but it was definitely not to the level that it was by the time he got to Polygon. Yeah. And now he has left Polygon because he kind of has a big enough platform that he can do these things, you know, on his own and yeah. be supported by his audience and not have to worry about some of the things that happen in like a day-to-day job, especially where they get to own sort of, you know, your IP, which I think was also one of the big reasons why the McElroy's left, you know, mm-hmm. eventually as well as things like Monster Factory, huge success, but like, Not you theirs. Know, it's it wasn't theirs. And they were able to acquire it, which I think is a huge thing. I'm not a, I'm not even a big BuzzFeed person, right? But like the Try Guys, if you've ever heard of them, mm-hmm. they are the same way. Like they were, that was all, that whole thing was a BuzzFeed situation. Yeah. And they all decided they wanted to leave BuzzFeed, but they didn't want to have to try to rebrand. Yeah. So they had to like go through pretty extensive, you know, work to say, well, I understand that we built this under the scope of our work, but we want to have it. We want, we want to keep our stuff. That's, that's hard. So yeah, the question on how to monetize this sort of content is very difficult. And to me, it kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, like when you go to a restaurant, um, I'm not saying that, you know, I don't tip or anything like that because I definitely tip. I always tip, you know, 20% or more, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's this thing of like, it's difficult that they are so underpaid to begin with, right? It should not, like the onus shouldn't have to be on on, uh, the audience to 100% fund somebody, right? Um, That being said, I do like the fact that like, a great majority of our money comes from fans mm-hmm. as opposed to from other corporations. Cause I don't want to be in a situation like some of these other places are where like they are beholden to stockholders or to higher powers, you know, or to I like just being YouTube. indie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like being indie. Yeah, exactly. And even with things like YouTube or Twitch, it's like we get like some scratch from Twitch, but it's like next to nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? But like with YouTube, it's like we could probably, really build that up and get somewhere. But like, we'd have to really be careful about what content we put out there. And that's the other thing is like, I don't think we say anything too ridiculous, but I'm just not interested in having to watch everything I say either. You know what I mean? Um, Just to make sure that I can make some money off of something, you know, but that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, we do, we do also come from a place where we have benefited from watching people from before us as well and how they, monetize and like we've talked about it even in episodes like where we talked about how patreon got started yeah and things like that it's like there are lessons to be learned and like we have had again some moderate success and we have been able to pay for certain things uh and succeed and not have to worry about like you know my lack of money just to survive um you know like like the company is not beholden to like my personal funds yeah. we've had enough that we you know like the fans have backed us enough that we you know, can give a little bit of money to our creators at the end of the year. Um, and also at the same time, pay for things like our website, pay for our, uh, you know, our, uh, our RSS feed hosting, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, we've, we've, we've done a good enough job so far of, of monetizing, but if we want it to be a full-time job, we have to monetize farther. Yeah. Well, and I think we've done a good job of like doing what we can to like, monetize where we can but also keeping in mind that like this is a challenge and we also need to support ourselves before before we could really build up the network as much as we want to because if we can't support ourselves and we also can't 
do this thing as well. Yeah. It's, and that, that's also a very big challenge where it's like, you know, part of the issue is that like we could potentially grow if we added more faces and names and ideas and things like that to the mix. But it's also a situation of there are more mouths to feed in that situation. So it's like, it is a constantly sort of, it's almost like putting a sheet in the dryer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like the second it reaches the top, it just falls back down. And like, and then that becomes the new, so it's like, it never can get a full rotation around because it has to immediately fall back to, back to this point because of this. So we go to this point, but now, you know, so it's, it's a. It's a it's a tricky situation. Yeah. Um, but I will say what we've also been very fortunate in is that there are people here who sorry, I made that sound like it's not all of us. Everyone that's here, rather, uh, are people that in want this to see Zoom this call. Yeah, only in this <laughs> Zoom. No. Uh no, the, the the people at the Scavengers Network though are amazing because like they want to see the network itself succeed. Um and so that means that means seeing that their own shows succeed, but it also means the success of the people around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's sort of the joy because there have been times where people have said, "I will forego my share for this year or for whatever." Uh, it just put it back into the pool so that it can, you know, potentially be used for advertising or for buying another website link, you know, for or like a domain for uh, snipshowcase.com, you know, things like that. So it's like things. Like that's where people want to see it succeed because they know that it has the ability to get big. It's just like that. That's where we're at, right? It's like you know, we're we're basically just one. Well, it's weird to say this term nowadays in a pandemic, but we, we're just one viral situation away from success. Yeah, because I think we have the building blocks and we have the people. Yeah, I th- we have the content. Yeah, but it's just like it has to break big. For me, the success here has been, it started off as just an idea and it grew and it grew and it grew and it's gotten to the point where we've done some live shows. Mm -hmm. We've been at two conventions. We've tabled, right? We've grown from four shows. Um, Well, actually, no, that's not even true. We grew from one show Mm -hmm. up to four shows. (laughs) Up to upwards of 20. And the thing is, like, we don't have 20 active shows right now, but we have some shows that are now either on hiatus or have come to a close, um, you know, like, you know, fully or whatever. But that means that they were they were still here. You know, they were still a part of the network. And and they are part of the growth and success and the foundation of what we then continue to build on. Um, And I just feel like, you know, we when you look at the growth from. Four guys, one girl. To being 12 male, I think it's like 17 or 19 female, two non-binary. Um, about 50% of our you know community uh, is queer um, and creators as well. Sorry, not the, the community being internal and external. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like it, the, the level of growth there is tremendous. But the thing is, I also know that this is not the final step. No. There well, are so many more steps to go. Yeah, well, and there's... So- yeah, I mean, so many more steps, whether in terms of building the community, um, improving the quality of our stuff, and just making more content. Like, I have I miss doing video stuff. I also, Me too. there have been video things that I've wanted to do. Like, I don't know, I'm r- really into very niche sort of like synth jam kind of stuff that I've always wanted to do for the network. But, it, I, you know, video equipment is always a expensive thing. So, yeah. 
But, you know, I think, though, that the the other big thing, like the final thing that I would probably want to mention on this before we bring this one to a close, um, is I also think that, like, the, the cool stuff here is that we also are constantly coming up with new things. Uh, and, you know, we might not make everything or we might say, oh, I have this idea and then it doesn't go anywhere. But like, we're still constantly thinking about, you know, what could potentially be something, right? Which shows that we are interested and intrigued in trying new things, yeah. of pushing our boundaries, of growing. Um, and, you know, again, we have a team of people that want us to succeed. They want the success yeah. also, I think, specifically of everybody. Like, you know, the the level of support that we see in this community is phenomenal. Yeah. And I I couldn't be happier with that. If you could change anything at all from, like, where you would start, I, whether started with your own, like, journey or started, like, with the network, like, is there anything that you would change? Is there anything that, like your i mean and we, we've we already touched on this a lot but it, yeah well so i guess like we had touched on like not split like not doing 80 20 20 80 is there anything else you feel like you'd want to change is there anything else that you, you feel like you're super proud of yes i mean i feel like i'm super proud of so many things yeah. which is basically like everything that we do um not to be like super cheesy or anything mm-hmm. like that but it's like there are so many things that we do that like every week or every other week or whatever that just constantly bring me joy or that I get very happy about like date night, one of the best things that I've ever worked on. And like, I barely do anything for it in a way, yeah. really. It's like, I, it's, it, sorry, that doesn't, that's not coming across the right way. I produce the show, but like the true work I think probably comes from Morgan and Aaron doing all of the creative yeah. side of it. Um, but like, it's a joy to be invited to be a part of that and to sort of be a fly on the wall and to be a part of the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Because I've never really been a producer only. I'm usually a producer and also a part of the show itself. Yeah. But like I'm I'm just behind the scenes. And it's it's fun to be that in this sense. Um, but like I, I don't know, it's just like I'm proud every time I see things like people who didn't used to know each other are now like BFFs. Yeah. Or, you know, are like Rihanna and James and I going to see nope, Aaron and James and I going to see Rihanna in shows in Northern Virginia, um, things like that. And there are things that I would change. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like a lot of the things that I would change are actually not specifically about my path with the network or anything like that, because it's like that thing of, yeah, there are some things I probably could do better, but at the same time, it's like, I wouldn't want to risk breaking it. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I mean, that's all that we could really hope for. So, well, Alex. Well, Colin. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll save some of the final things that we learned for the next episode, the final episode. But in the meantime, where can people find you? If you want to see my more recent work, check out uh, snipshowcase.com. Uh, Mr. Mason Amadeus and I uh, designed the website using a template, but we've been putting in some work to modify it. Um my branding is really bad. On Instagram, you could find me on French Alexander something. Twitter, French at music. Um, Twitch, I think, is French Alexander. Mm-hmm. So, and if you want to see a recent dumb project I did, I built. Um, what is it? The Twitter 
So uh, recently I was helping our dear friends, uh, Tracy and Kyle, with making a Twitter bot that spits out um, basically a random excerpt from a, a blog post that they did. And it is called uh, At Last Context. So if you want to check that out, give it some love and give them some love too. What about you, Colin? Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. That is C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R. I do want to point out, though, that we talked about not making the Forbes 30 under 30. I do really quickly want to thank, I'm not going to go through the whole list of people, but I, I do want to say if you are one of the people that did nominate me, though, uh, you know, or, and or nominated Alex or whatever. Cause the thing is like once, at least one, once one of us makes it, we just list the other as a co-founder. So, yeah. you know, um, but the thing is that I know that over the last two years, if you add all the people up, it's about a little over a hundred people nominated me total. Um, some people twice, but I'm not counting them double, um, for the Forbes 30 under 30 and last year didn't go at all. This year, though, I got a follow-up message. They contacted me. They asked me for more information. I mean, there was I, I made it through a couple rounds. So I didn't make it to the final, but I mean, I, I made it through a few rounds, which to which to me means that we've... Hang on, i got to say that again. I made it through a couple of rounds, which to me means that we are doing something right. And I think I'm very proud of that. And yeah, I didn't make the Forbes 30 or 30. That was never necessarily the main goal. It was, I mean, it was like a, it would be nice if... But to me, the fact that this many people believe in me and believe in the work that we do here at the Scavengers Network, I feel like that's my biggest takeaway of my 20s. Shoot. Okay, hang on one second. Uh, follow me at Colin M. Parker, C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R, uh, to find out what I'm doing. And follow us on Scavengers Network, at Scavengers Net uh, for Twitter. And follow the Scavengers Network, uh, twitch.tv slash the Scavengers Network. We got a bunch of stuff going on there. Uh, and the goal is to bring even more stuff. So check us out and uh, just come in and have a good time. I've been yeah. doing a Nuzlocke run and it's been going a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been pretty fun to watch. And I built a bot that is constantly changing and we're adding in dumb jokes every time. So come, come I, see what I the next dumb joke too. is. <laughs> well, as always, thank you for joining us on Journey Under 30. I'm Alex Taylor. And I'm Colin Parker. And we'll see you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, okay. Hey everyone, and welcome to Promo and You'll Miss It, the Bleak and You'll Miss It promo, where every promo is over before you know it. I am James, your host, and we've been getting scads and scores and, and hordes of people wanting to know how to get in touch with me via the show Blink and You'll Miss It. And that is easy. I'm on Twitter at Blink226Racer, which is a reference to season one where we covered Blink 182 plus 44 and Boxcar Racer. So 182 plus 44 is 226. So at Blink226Racer. Talk to me. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.